Good morning, family. New beginnings. Merry Christmas. You guys feel Christmas somewhere in here? Hey, can we can we just celebrate our volunteer team that worked tirelessly this weekend to do what they did and make us feel warm and cozy for the Christmas season? Man, they did an amazing job. You know, they worked all day Friday uh, till like 10 o'clock at night and last night till 10 o'clock as well. We want to thank Sister Eunice and Pastor Joseph and their team for the hours that they put in. And they just, man, it just looks amazing. One more time, can we just celebrate and give them thanks? Thank you to our volunteer team. Well, church, my name is Pastor Michael Romero, your worship pastor here at New Beginnings. And? My name is Roxy. You guys awesome. know Roxy. We're up here every week. And uh, she's going to help us with some announcements. So we just want to catch you guys up on a couple of things that are going on this week. Roxy, what's going on? Well, you know, sometimes when you have little kids, um, parents just need to sneak into the restroom for five minutes just to get a moment of silence. So we thought we would extend your five minutes of silence in the restroom and give you guys the parents' night out. You know, just an entire night where you can drop off your kids that would be taken care of in a safe place. 5.30 to 9. If you leave them past 9, we will put them up for adoption. But... Um, it is an opportunity for you to have a night out, you know, go have, go shopping or go have dinner with your spouse or some adult conversation of some sort. So we just think it would be a good opportunity for you to get away and drop off your kids. It will be well taken care of and, and it'll extend your five minutes of silence. So now you get about 60 minutes of silence. But, you know, church, if you decide that that night you might want to go out with maybe some friends of yours, maybe another couple uh, maybe maybe another friend till about nine o'clock or so, right? Ish, ish, ish. And they have children too. They can drop them off as well. Right. It's not just for your kids, but we want to make sure that you have somebody to hang out with with more adults and uh, just share some time together. So they're more than welcome to bring their children as well. So parents' night out is December third, five thirty to nine. And you need to register online through the New Beginnings Church of God website. Big banner says, Parents Night Out. Go ahead and register by December 1st. Register yourself, register yourself, your children, and your friends and their children as well. And I, we really hope that you enjoy that night. That's right. And while you're out that night, maybe you're doing some Christmas shopping. Maybe you can pick up a, a, a small gift for the God's Warehouse Toy Drive which is going to be December the 11th. Now, if you need more information on that toy drive in A, I'm sure they always need a ton of volunteers. If you guys don't know what God's Warehouse is, God's Warehouse is the New Beginnings arm for the homeless. And we're located at the corner of Central and Tennessee. Pastor Chuck is our lead pastor, our campus pastor there at God's Warehouse. Always needs volunteers, so not just for this one, but if you guys ever just feel like you want to volunteer now during the Christmas season, it's extremely busy right now. And so, but if you go out and you go shopping and your parents let out, buy a small gift and, and donate that to uh, God's Warehouse for Pastor Chuck. Get more information. Pastor Chuck's always running around somewhere here. If not, you can always go to NBCABQ.com forward slash events, figure out, and we have a ton of links there that you can go and figure out what's going on for that toy drive as well on the 11th. And if you haven't met Pastor Chuck, I have an awesome opportunity for you to actually meet him in person and talk to him. We also realize that when we ask you to say hello to each other um, right before we start service, that you guys just decide that you want to start an entire conversation. (laughs) Not the time, but we do have a time for you guys to do that. That is a Christmas social coming up on December 10th. It'll be here at the church. 
from 6.30 to 8.30, there will be some pastries and some hot chocolate and some tea and some coffee. And then at that point, you can meet the people and speak to the people in, in this service and in the first service and then the guys that are over here and the person that is over here. That way you can actually have a conversation. It's going to be super fancy. There's a jazz band that's going to be playing. Ooh, nice. It's going to be awesome. Hot chocolate, coffee pastries and the last service wasn't so receptive to this next idea but i'm hoping you guys are that roxy uh was just volunteered i mean she volunteered herself to make buñuelos for everybody and so the fact is that i know where to buy them so (laughs) she she volunteered buñuelos knowing that they're my ultimate favorite christmas treat And so, uh, but we're going to have just an amazing time on December the 10th. We hope that you invite somebody with you on that day just to socialize and just have a great time in the Lord. All right. And then December the 12th, just a couple of days after that church, is our Christmas program. Okay, now December the 12th is Sunday, so we have our regular Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., followed by baptisms. On December the 12th, I'm sorry, child dedications, forgive me, child dedications on December the 12th. So if you would like to dedicate your child to the Lord, uh, most of you might call that uh, baptism as as an infant. We we call it child dedication. We dedicate the child to the Lord. Uh, If you have not done so yet and would like to explore that, please go to the New Beginnings website, nbcabq.com forward slash events, and you can find out more information there on the child dedication service on December the 12th. And that night is our children's Christmas program. Now, it, it, you, what used to be just our children's program, but we've incorporated such a big uh, production in a play, a skit, worship. And, of course, Pastor Richard brings an awesome word of Christmas and of joy and of hope. And uh, one more that I want you guys to add to your calendars is this year we're doing a Christmas Eve event. We're doing a Christmas Eve service, Okay. So mark your calendars down. We're doing a Christmas Eve candlelight and communion service on Christmas Eve. So I know there's a lot going on. Will you stand with me, church? I want you to make sure that you remember NBCABQ.com forward slash events. Anytime you want to find out what's going on in the life of our church, that's always the place to go. Um, Our app is updated not as quickly at times as our website But you can always find it on our app as well to register for these events, like your parents' night out. You can register for those things. Um, But church, that's the life of the event. That's the life of our church, rather. We just just love to spend time with one another. We love to do outreach. And if you want to be a part of that uh, life of the church, we want to say thank you, church, for your faithful giving. Because without that, we couldn't do that kind of outreach. We couldn't couldn't do these kind of things. So thank you, church, for your faithful giving. And if you want to continue to be a part of that life of the church, we invite you to do so. And you can do that by giving at NBCABQ.com forward slash give. You can do it via our app. You have the, the graphic behind me. You have it at home. You can watch it there. You can do it online via our app, even text messaging. And then, of course, you can go outside and pick up an envelope and drop off your gift and your tithe at one of our giving boxes at the entryway here in our sanctuary. But why don't we prepare our hearts for worship? Hey, Roxy, will you lead us in prayer as we prepare our hearts? Heavenly Father, we just come before you, Lord. We just thank you because you were so good to us. Your grace and your mercy and your love that gets renewed every day. Lord, we just thank you for that. As we stand here in, in this holy ground, in this place, Lord, 
We pray that you open our hearts, our minds, and our souls to receive the word that you have prepared for us because for each person in this place, you know that you have a word. Let us hear it, Lord. Let us let us take it in. Let us open up our heart. Let us receive it and let it build on a solid foundation of your love. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, church, why don't we greet one another before we uh, begin worship?
You may be seated. Good morning, church. For Christians, Advent is a season of waiting and reflecting on uh, preparing our hearts and our homes. It is a time to remember what a true what the true meaning of Jesus' birth. Advent is a season of anticipation when we recognize the waiting that the people of Israel endured. We have a devotional book for you that begins on Wednesday, December 1st and takes you clear through Advent season. We hope that you'll pick one up. The ushers have them on the outside doors. So as you leave, please pick up a devotional book. Today we light our first Advent candle. It is the candle of hope. When our hope is in Christ, we can rest knowing that weeping may endure through the night, but joy comes in the morning. When our hope is in Christ, we can walk through the valley of the shadow of death Fearing no evil, for God is with us. When our hope is in Christ, we look to the hills whence our help comes. Our help comes from the Lord. As we light the candle of hope, we lift our hands in praise. Jesus Christ is our healer, our keeper, and our living hope. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7 in the voice says, Hope of all hope, dream of our dreams, a child is born. A son is given to us, a living gift. And even now, with tiny features and dewy hair, he is great. The power of leadership will rest on his shoulders. His name? His name we will know by many ways. He will be called the Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Dear Father Everlasting, Ever-Present, Never-Failing, Master of Wholeness, Prince of Peace. His leadership will bring such prosperity that you'll never have seen before sustainable peace for all time. This child, God's promise to David, a throne forever among us to restore sound leadership that cannot be perverted or shaken. He will endure justice without fail and absolute equity. Always. The intense passion of the eternal commander of heavenly armies will carry this to completion. Let us pray. We thank you, God, for loving us and sending us your son that we might be saved. Father, we are forever grateful. Amen. Spirit of worship, will you stand with us this morning, church? As we give him thanks, 
so good. Let's sing that together. Amazing love that welcomes me the kindness of mercy that bought with soul and deserve
Oh, give it praise and say, yes, you are. You're a glorious, amazing God. Father, thank you for the wonderful, loving God that you are. That you've given us your spirit. You've given us your son to die for our sins. You've given us your spirit to fill us and live a victorious life. You've given us your presence to reassure us of your goodness and mercy. Father, I just pray your overwhelming power to just surround us here and those online. Father God, no matter where they're watching from, I pray that God, your presence be so powerful for them as it is for us. Father, we pray for the sick and we pray healing over their bodies. We pray for those, Father God, battling cancer and those, Father God, battling COVID. We pray healing. Father God, those that, Lord God, have other chronic illnesses. I pray for Vivian, who's having surgery on her ankle tomorrow. Pray for a really good report. I pray, Father God, that you put your blessing upon each one of us and your strength within us. And that, Lord God, no matter what we might be facing, we know that, Lord, if God be for us, nothing could be against us. So, Father, we thank you for the victory. We thank you for the healing. We thank you for the recovery. We thank you, Father God, for all the things that, Lord, you have bestowed upon us. And we claim everyone today, Lord God. I pray that no one leave here today broken because they've been healed by you. I pray that no one leave here empty because they've been filled by you. I pray that no one leave here, Father God, just needing more because they have more than enough in you. Father God, I pray that you fill us with your power. And we pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And God's people said, Amen. Sing it out again. Sing it out, choir. You guys sound amazing today. Yeah, give it up. Say thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. Turn to someone and say, I'm so glad you made it to church today because God has a word for you. And then you may be seated. Don't start talking about your Thanksgiving. Like Roxy said, that's going to take place on December 10th. But be seated and... We want to thank you for your faithful giving. As Pastor Mike said, there's giving boxes at every doorway. Or you could give online with our church app or text to give. And we thank you for your faithful giving.
We continue to just uh, partner to do great things. We have the angel tree. I know they talked about it, but we're, we still need to uh, sponsor about uh, 80 kids. So if you would consider it, we'd greatly appreciate that. We need 80 more kids. And that's, you buy a gift, you get an angel off the tree, you check it out with Pastor Chuck, I mean Pastor Chris or Pastor Sonia, and then uh, whatever the child is on there, they kind of put a little wish list on there, and you could go buy the gift, you bring it back wrapped, and uh, with the angel on the card, that way we know which child to give it to, and it's going to be a great time. On the distribution day, uh, that's going to be, they're going to be a, a weekend event, December 17th and 18th, at uh, under his construction over at what's called the Secret Sanctuary, they're going to have a live nativity. If you've never seen a live nativity, it's really amazing. Uh, we used to do them over at the old church with camels and cows and, uh, you know, everything, horses and sheep. And anyway, we even had a, a Mexican uh, live nativity one year where Mary and Joseph were in Sarapes, and the wise men showed up with sombreros, and so did the shepherds. And they sang, Vamos todos a Belén. And they said, Ahua! You know, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And um, I hope you'll be there at that event. Um, I'd like to ask my wife to come up here very quickly. Cindy, as you come up. Um, I just want all of you to join me in saying happy birthday to my bride. It's her birthday today. So at the count of three, one, two, three, happy birthday. One, two, three. Okay, we love you, babe. I hope I embarrassed you. That was my purpose. The joys of being married to me. She's like, why do you do these things? For 43 years, you've been doing these things. Guys, I want to get into the sermon, and I've been talking about hope. Hope comes alive. Hope is something that you wait for. Hope is something you desire. Man, didn't Sister Eunice and her partner, Debbie Trujillo, do a phenomenal job decorating the church? Man, Sister Eunice, thank you, thank you, thank you, and your team. Debbie and Pastor Joseph helping you, and wow, it looks amazing. FYI, there's nothing in the boxes, so don't get tempted to steal them, okay? They're empty. But I want you to know that's reminding us of hope. See, for between Malachi, the book of Malachi and the book of Matthew, 400 years had gone by where God hadn't spoken, they hadn't heard from God, yet they were a team of believers that kept things alive. Like one tribe was the Maccabees, and they kept the hope alive. And finally, at Christmas time, I know Jesus wasn't born at this time. And for those of you that are all, look, our purpose is not to offend anyone. Some of you are, I can't believe they have Christmas trees in the church. That's ridiculous. Don't they know what a Christmas tree means? I go, I don't know what it means to anyone else. But to me, it's green, remind me of evergreen. We have eternal life. The lights remind us that we are the light of the world. The star reminds us that Jesus Christ is the living hope and he is the star of the show. 
Look, a cross can be worshipped, but we don't worship that cross. We worship the one who it represents. Are you with me? So if I've offended you by having trees, that's not our intent. But get over it. Calm down. Jesus isn't even all, what's wrong with you people? He's saying, it's all about Jesus. Amen? Okay, so at Christmas time, we, along with many around the world, focus on his coming. And the Messiah had been born. Finally, the promise, Messiah, the hope. And during that time, there was some crazy stuff going on. At this time of Christmas, at the first Christmas, man, the angels had to say, don't worry, to four different people. And they said, don't be afraid. Don't worry, don't be afraid. And you see that what they're going through at that time, we still go through today. You know, for instance, Mary, the angel said to Mary in Luke chapter 1, verse 30, don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. He also said, don't worry to Joseph. He said, don't be afraid. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, Joseph is Mary's fiance. He had never been with her sexually. Biology 101, it takes a man and a woman to procreate. And it says, as he considered this, in other words, Mary had already told him, Joseph, I'm pregnant. He goes, I haven't touched you, you little dirty rat. Who got you pregnant? Come on, think of you. Be human for a little bit. He was, and he's like, I don't want to kill her because he had the right to kill her. But he's like, man, I, don't, I love her. But look what it says in verse 20. As, I, as he considered this, like, what should I do? I'll just divorce her because they were already engaged. But in those days, an engagement was a betrothal, meaning you were now committed. And the only way to break it was to get divorced. So he's like, man, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So he's going, wow. First an angel shows up and he's kind of tripping. Like, I don't know about you, I'd trip out. if. Come on, guys, if an angel just appeared right here, you'd be going, wow, how'd they do that? Those are awesome special effects. Or you might kind of get scared because it would overwhelm us. And he's going, wow, and and the angel says, look, that, that baby she has really is of the Holy Spirit. And he's going, wow, to think. I second-guessed. I was wondering, who was Mary with? She's always hanging out with me. Man, I knew she shouldn't have gone to the dance by herself. Man, are, but are you with me? I don't know what he was going through. But, he, but man, the angel says, don't be afraid. The shepherds are in the field. In Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 10, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby guarding their sheep, their flock of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord, Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were afraid. They were terrified. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I'll bring you good news 
that will bring great joy to all people. Now, you need to understand the shepherds. The shepherds are talking. They're taking care of the sheep. And and they're going like, wow. All of a sudden, this angel appears. And, and, and they've got to be overwhelmed. They're like, man. And they go, they're terrified. And it says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Calm down. Don't be afraid. God's got a word for you guys. I bring you good news. That's going to bring great joy to all people. Then Zechariah. Zechariah was the husband of Elizabeth, who was the father of John the Baptist. And he was a priest. And he had wanted children. And he had wanted children for a long time. And all of a sudden, he's there. Uh, praying, and an angel of the Lord appears in Luke chapter 1, verse 13. The angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you will you are to name him John. So you see, the fears that the people faced at the first Christmas are no different from the fears you and I face in our lives every day. Everyone faces a different kind of fear. And I think, well, I want to focus on five different characters in the Bible that you read during this story on how they handled fear and how they were really dealing with fear and different kinds of fear. There's all kinds of fears. And all of us deal with different kinds of fear at one time or another. And God's word, he's there to help us through and help the minister to us and help, help us out. And the first one you see is Mary. Mary faced the fear of inadequacy. Inadequacy. Haven't you ever felt inadequate? I mean, think about it. She's a 13-year-old girl. She's engaged to be married. And all of a sudden, look what happens. Luke chapter 1, verse 29 through 34. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel said. For you have found favor with God, and you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very, uh, he will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of your ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked, but how can this be? How can this happen? I'm but a virgin. I haven't been with a man Biology 101, it takes a man and a woman. I, I haven't been with a man. I haven't been with Joseph or any other man. This is, I, and you want me? Angel, are you showed up? You showed up at the right house? Are you sure you, the numbers aren't real clear in our curb? Maybe you meant the house next door. What do you mean you want me to carry the holy child? You want me? This is like, whoa. I don't know if I can really handle this. I don't really know if I could be in this position. I don't know. I feel inadequate. Look, it's really weird. Have you ever been, you're, you're doing your job and you get promote, or, or you get really complimented at your job and they say, man, you're really good at what you do. We really love what you do. We really love how you do it. And all of a sudden they call you into the office and they go, look, we want to give you a promotion. We want to make you manager, supervisor, foreman, or whatever. And all of a sudden you trip out. I don't know if I can really do it. I don't know if, are you sure you have the right person? Are you sure you have me? I don't know. I feel inadequate. I don't know. And yet you've been doing the job. Fear grips you. 
Fear makes you feel you it makes you feel inadequate. Like if you don't measure up, fear has a way of beating you down. Fear fear has a way of making you feel like you really can't carry the task. And yet God is saying you have found favor with God. God has chosen you, Mary. You are the one that I have chosen for this task, says the Lord. Don't you feel inadequate because I know what I'm doing. When you feel inadequate, you need to say, Lord, I don't feel like I measure up. I don't feel like I'm that person. But Lord, if you say it, so be it. And if the Lord is saying step down, then step down. If the Lord is saying no, then don't do it. But if the Lord is saying, I have chosen you, I have called you, I have anointed you, I have blessed you, you have found favor in me, then by all means do it, even if you have feelings of inadequacy. Because what you will happen is God's going to raise you up and he's going to empower you to be able to carry out the task that he has for you. Amen? And he's going to do that. But the fear of inadequacy overcomes us at times. There was another fear that you see dealing with, and that's Joseph. He faced the fear of disapproval. Of disapproval. I mean, really think about it. Look what happens right here in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 20. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she began, became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man. He, that means he went to temple, he was before the Lord, he followed all the law, he did everything right. He was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. He could have taken her out in the courtyard and said, you know what, my no good for nothing fiance got pregnant and it's not by me. I get the stoner to death and he could have had her killed, but he loved her so much. He didn't want to disgrace her. He didn't want to make her look bad. And so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, don't be afraid. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, man. If your fiancé came up to you and said, hey, I have to tell you what happened. An angel appeared to me. Really? Wow, What does he have good news for us? Well, yeah, I mean, it's good news for you and me. I I mean, I'm pregnant and you're going to be the stepfather of Jesus. What? Who got you pregnant, Mary? Oh, my gosh, you little tramp. I know I haven't been with you. Come on, get real, right? If that happened to you, wouldn't you kind of trip out? It's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, Mary, Mary, Mary. Oh, you can marry. I want to marry you. But now I can't because I'm going to want to bury you. (laughs) Are you with me? And now he's all stressed out. And now they had it out. And he he left. He goes, you know what, Mary? Just, uh, Mary, uh, you just disgust me. Uh." And he leaves to his house. And he's probably praying. We don't know exactly what he's praying, but he was a righteous man. He's considering what he's going to do. Do I kill her? No, I don't want to kill her. I'll just 
I'll, I'll, I'll just walk away quietly. But man, the whole town's going to disapprove of me. They're going to go, oh, oh, yeah, now you leave her. You got her pregnant and you dump her. You're all messed up, Joseph. But, but I didn't get her pregnant. What? Well, then let's kill her. No, I don't want to kill her. Well, it must be years then. What's wrong? He, he's, he's going through all these motions and then it's like, oh, I got to face my dad. I got to talk to my dad and dad. Hijo, dad, I don't even know how to tell you this. Dad, uh, Mary's pregnant. Ay, mijo, what's wrong with you? You couldn't wait till your wedding day? Oh, my gosh, son. It's not mine. What? Mary couldn't wait till her wedding day, and it's not even with you? Oh, my goodness. Disapproval. And now he's got to talk to his, his future father-in-law, Mary's mom and dad. Uh, I'm going to divorce your daughter because she got pregnant, and it's not by me. Oh, she came up with some stupid story. The, the angel got me pregnant. The Holy Spirit got me pregnant. The Lord got me pregnant. Well, that's what she told me too. But, but, but guess what? The angel appeared to me. It's true. Man, I don't care what anyone says. Fear of disapproval or not, guess what? If God be for me, no one can be against me. So I'm going to do what God called me to do, no matter what anyone else says. Amen? And that's what we got to do. We got to face the fear of disapproval and go against the grain, even if everyone else is against it. If God is calling you to do it, then do it. If God is calling you and placing your anointing upon you, then you need to step forward in faith and do what he's called you to do. It wasn't easy. Mary felt inadequate. Joseph felt disapproved. Then you look at the shepherds. The shepherds faced the fear of sudden change. Look, you got to understand how shepherds were viewed in this day and age. Shepherds were not liked. Shepherds were out in the fields for months on end, raising their sheep, grazing them. They don't have like fields of grass. They, this is desert. I've been there. And you have to take them here. You walk them there. They graze. Then you take them over there and they graze. You, so they, they, the, the shepherd knows his sheep and they know his voice. And shepherds were out there. They didn't have any place to bathe or clean. or So they stunk. They weren't respected. People looked down on shepherds. Matter of fact, they were so disrespected that if a shepherd happened to witness a crime, they wouldn't allow them to testify in court because their worth was worthless. Shepherds felt worthless. And the whole community made them feel that way because that's how they felt about them. And if they wanted to go to temple, they couldn't even go in the sanctuary. So it'd be like if you wanted to come to church, but we only let you stand at the sidewalk. That's it. You can't get any closer. And man, you'd bring your sheep and there's a special gate they couldn't came through. They couldn't come in through just any gate. There was a, a, a gate called the sheep gate. I've been there before. And at the sheep gate had like some corrals, but they wouldn't really close them up. They just had place to put your sheep there, and the sheep would intermingle, but the shepherd would just say, okay, let's go. And the shepherd knew his voice, and they'd follow him. And he knew his sheep. He goes, hey, you, get over here. You're always straying away. Get over here. So all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord appears to them in chapter 2 of Luke, verse 8 through 10, that night. 
There were shepherds staying in the field nearby. I've been at those shepherds' fields, and the field, it has like a, a canyon right by Bethlehem, and, and they, they call that the shepherds' field, and that's where they used to be, out on the side of the mountain, and they would be feeding their sheep, and here they were, it says, they were guarding their sheep, flocks of sheep. They had to guard them against bears and lions and wolves and just wildlife. Suddenly an angel appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them and they were terrified. Now shepherds weren't easily scared because they were fighting off wild animals. Don't be afraid, the angel reassured them. I bring you good news that will bring good joy to all people. Really? You're bringing news to us? We're despised. They don't even let us in the temple. They say we stink. Oh, there comes Stinky Pete, the shepherd. Here he is, Stinky Pinky. Oh, no. Man, they, they mocked them. They, they made fun of them. They, they disgraced them. And all of a sudden, there's going to be change? There's going to be change that I don't even know how I'm going to handle? How am I going to handle this? Haven't you ever been afraid of change? Where, man, all of a sudden, this is going to happen, and, and man, you don't even know what's going on, and you're like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe that they made me the manager. I can't believe I'm going to be a father. I'm going to be a mother. Oh, my goodness, I can't believe, I can't believe, I can't believe. Some change scares us really half to death, and they were scared. And then King Herod was afraid. He faced the fear of losing control. You see that in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 3, it says all of a sudden that Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. And it says, about that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. What do you mean you saw his star? I'm the star of the show. Not this star. This star outshines your star. He's the king of the Jews. I'm king of the Jews. I'm king of the Romans. I'm king of everybody. What are you talking about? There's a new king. There's no new king. I'm the king. Man, he was so... Man, some of you get all paranoid with change. You get all paranoid when you, you, you a, a new employee gets hired. And all of a sudden, they, they start doing really good. And, and upper management says, man... That, that, that Johnny's really good. That Susie's really good. And then you get all insecure. Oh, no, they're noticing Johnny and Susie. I better start a rumor about Johnny and Susie. I better start saying what a crummy employee he is, what a crummy employee she is, and on and on. Because you're insecure. King Herod's all insecure. And he's like, oh, my goodness, let me tell you something. Fear of insecurity like that, fear of losing control, fear of losing your position will drive you crazy. You'll start doing really dumb things. And then they'll say, man, what's wrong with you? We know you sabotaged that person. We're going to have to fire you. Oh, I knew you were going to do that. Just because Susie was doing so good, Johnny was doing so good. No, it had nothing to do with it. It had to do with the craziness in your head because of your fear of change and your fear of losing control. Quit fearing that. Zachariah, Elizabeth's husband, he had been wanting a kid for a long time. He faced the fear of being disappointed. Man, he wanted a kid so bad. you got to understand, in this day and age, when you were a man, your wife was supposed to give you boys. And if you didn't get boys, you kept trying to, you got a boy. 
That's why you see, no, really, some of these guys had, man, you see the 12 tribes of, of, of Israel, 12 tribes of Jacob. Man, they had 12 boys. They didn't even count the girls. He had a bunch of daughters too, but women didn't count. They just stayed in the kitchen barefoot and pregnant, and that's all. No, really, I don't mean that as a put-down. That's reality. They wouldn't educate them. They wouldn't nothing. And some of them would get educated on their own, and they would they would learn and grow. But, but for the majority, they, they, they didn't know how to read. They didn't know how to really do a whole lot. And, and so Zechariah didn't have any children. And his, Mary, his, I mean, Elizabeth, his wife, couldn't have kids. Man, they had gone to the fertility doctor. They had tried in vitro fertilization. They had tried, okay, they didn't. But, but in other words, you know they tried everything. They tried everything. Haven't you ever been desperate and you've tried everything? And then you finally, he finally gets word. Every time, he was a priest. He'd go inside of the temple and you know he would probably go, God, you know, I'd love to have a kid. God, come on, God. Elizabeth and I, we've been trying and trying, and what a Betty, she's all bummed out, and so am I. Come on, God, help us out here. And look what happens, Luke chapter 1, verse 11 through 13. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing in the, the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. He had been praying to the Lord. He had been praying. He was a priest. Pray, 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 pray. And now all of a sudden, God shows up and he's freaked out. And the angel says, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Every time you come in here and you prayed, every time you thought God wasn't listening, God heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son and you will name him John. Man, it's like, I don't want to get my hopes up. God, I... You scared me, and now you say, calm down, and it's going to happen. And We've been waiting for years, God. I don't even want to, oh, yeah, right, yeah, right. And he just started laughing. He started laughing so hard that the Lord said, hey, don't be laughing at me. I'm telling you what I'm telling you is true. But he kept laughing and laughing and laughing. Finally, God said, let me tell you, I'm going to show you. I'm going to shut your mouth and you are not going to be able to talk until that baby's born. Now, I don't know how far along she was. I don't know if he was mute for nine months. I don't know if he was mute for six months. All I know is he was mute. He couldn't talk. Who knows? Maybe Elizabeth had prayed, 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 prayed. Shut my husband up. I don't know. All I know is he couldn't talk. Cat didn't have his tongue. God had his tongue. He was mute. And now it's like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Maybe it is true. I feel so disappointed. I'm, I'm afraid of being disappointed again. Haven't you ever been there? Where you want something so bad and you're, you're just like, come on, God. So I want to help us to give us some steps how to defeat the fears that hold us back. The fears that beat us down. The first thing you do is you surrender your life completely to God every day. Every day. Not just once a day, throughout the day. You get up in the morning, you go, okay, God, it's you and me. And I'm going to depend more on you than on me. I'm giving you this day, God. You know everything I'm going to face. You know everything I've got to deal with at school. 
You know everything I got to deal with with my students, with my teachers. You know everything I got to deal with at work, with my boss or my employees. You know everything I got to deal with at home. You know everything about my day. God, I'm giving you my entire day. I'm giving you my entire life. Everything that you say, God, I want to do, that's what Mary did. Because after the angel told her everything, that you're going to get pregnant, you have the possibility of being stoned to death, you have the possibilities of being rejected by your whole community, you have the possibility of being blackballed by everyone around you. Let me tell you something, Mary. What I'm going to do to you, I'm going to take care of you. And Mary, in Luke chapter 1, verse 38, replied, I am the Lord's servant. May everything... You have said about me, come true. And the angel left her. She said, God, I I want this to happen. I really want this to happen. If you look over in the book of Job, chapter 11, verse 13 through 18, it says, "If if you would only prepare your heart and lift your hands to him in prayer, get rid of your sins and leave all inequity behind you, then your face will brighten with innocence and you will be strong and free of fear. Jump down to verse 18. Having hope will give you courage, and you will be protected and will rest in safety. In other words, if you just give it over to God, release it to the Lord, really do things the right way, God is going to see you through. He's going to help you. He's going to remove your fears. He's going to take care of you. But you have to totally surrender to Him. Amen? And the second thing we need to do is stop listening to the voices of fear in our head. Quit listening to the voices of fear in your head. Some of you are going, I don't have voices in my head. You just did. You're talking to yourself. I'm not talking to myself. Yes, you did. You did it again. Pastor, stupid. There you go again. See, we have voices in our head. I don't mean like crazy voices. I just mean sometimes we process stuff. We process ideas. We process stuff. And sometimes those voices are very destructive and very negative and tear us down. And the voices of fear creep in and go, hey, what are people going to say? What are they going to do? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You better not do that. You better not do this. You better not do that. You better not do this. And before you know it, you are overwhelmed with fear and you're freaking out about every little thing around you. And it just overwhelms you. In the book of Romans, chapter 14, verse 23, it says, But you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something. He goes, If you have those doubts about whether or not to eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it. For you are not to follow your, uh, for you are not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. Now what he's talking about here was about eating meat that had been sacrificed to idols. See, they didn't have refrigeration. They had a meat market. If they would kill a sheep or a goat or a cow or something, they would. everyone knew, hey, they have fresh meat at the grocery store, at the meat market. So people would go and get, right? And there was some Christians that were all paranoid. No, don't have a Christmas tree. Don't have a Christmas tree. Oh my gosh, don't do this. Oh my gosh, don't do that. Oh my gosh. And they'd get all paranoid. Don't eat the meat. Don't eat the meat. That meat was offered to an idol. Well, I, I serve the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't serve idols. That's fresh meat. But it was offered to an idol. Well, that was them, not me. 
I just want fresh meat. That's a good beef there, man. I want some fajitas tonight. It's like, man, are, are you with me? But somewhere, don't, don't eat that, don't eat this, don't eat that, don't do this, don't do that. And they were all paranoid. So then some people are like, hey, maybe I shouldn't eat it. Maybe, oh, well, if you have any doubts, then don't do it. Because if you end up doing it, you're sinning. Because the Holy Spirit's going to convict you. If the Holy Spirit says don't eat it, then, then don't eat it. You can't eat pork. The Bible says God has made all meats clean. But if you don't want to eat pork, don't eat pork. If you want to be a vegetarian, be a vegetarian. If you want to be a vegan, God bless you. That's tough. But be a vegan. But, but, but don't get all stressed out. Stop listening to the voices of fear in your head. It'll drive you insane. It'll make you go crazy. You have to quit doing that. And then third, fill your mind with music that praises God. Fill your mind with music that praises God. Man, you need to remember when Mary, finally all this happened, it says Mary sang. She had a song in her heart. In Luke chapter 1, verse 46 through 56, you can read all of verses, but I'm just going to read the first few. It says Mary responded, oh, she sang, she sang. Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he took notice of this lowly child, this lowly girl, this servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things. And then she goes on and on. She's just singing praises. She's saying, God is so amazingly good. You know what? I overcame my fear. I said, Lord, let whatever you say come to be, because I want to glorify you. I want to do what's right before your eyes. I want to be able to celebrate. I want to be able to glorify your name. I want to be able to say hallelujah to the king. I'm going to do what you want me to do, God. And she started to sing. Man, I don't know about you, man. If, 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 if I get some distressing news, if I get overwhelmed by something, I turn on praise music. I don't turn on secular music. And I'm not saying it's a sin to listen to secular music. But I put on Christian music because I start praising and God changes my whole atmosphere. He changes my mindset. He changes everything about me when you start praising. I don't want to listen to secular music. You know what they say, if you listen to country music backwards happens, right? You get your house back, you get your wife back, and you get your dog back. <laughs> because, God, okay, calm down, don't write me letters. Oh, I can't believe he's making fun of country music. What's wrong with him? Chill out, goodness gracious. Elizabeth sang. She was pregnant, and her baby hadn't moved. Ladies, you know what it's like to be pregnant and your baby starts moving? And you go, oh my God, the baby's moving. Oh my God, hun, hun, hun. Feel, feel, feel. Come on, put your hand here. Come on, oh, you missed it. Feel, feel. I think that's her heel. I think that's his elbow. I think, and then, and, and then the baby, oh, the baby hasn't moved. The baby hasn't moved in three hours. The baby hasn't moved in five hours. Oh my God, I hope the baby's okay. The baby's going, I'm asleep. Leave me alone. The baby has to move, so then you get a glass of ice water, and you put it on your stomach, and the baby's going, what's wrong with you, mom? I'm freezing. And it kicks, and you go, oh, good, the baby's okay. Well, man, 
Elizabeth's baby, she's pregnant. She's showing. And she's going, okay, Zechariah, I'd love some encouragement here. Mm-mm-mm. Don't you have anything to say? Mm-mm-mm. Oh, there you go, mumbling again. You never say it out loud. Mm-mm-mm. Well, he couldn't talk. And she's scared. And all of a sudden, Mary is her cousin. And Mary's pregnant, so they wanted their parents to go, why don't you go to Elizabeth's, man? The heat's getting pretty strong here. They're mad at you, and they're mad at us, and they're making fun of you, and oh, Mary got pregnant, Mary got pregnant. And so they sent her over to Elizabeth, and Mary gets there. Verse in, in Luke chapter 1, verse 42 through 45, Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, she's singing, God has blessed you above all women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Oh my goodness, Mary. This is awesome, Mary. My baby leaped. My baby, my baby's in the presence of the Holy One. Oh my gosh, Mary. And she's singing. She's singing. The angels sang. The angels show up to the shepherds. The angels show up and Luke chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. Suddenly, I love what every time it says suddenly. The angel was joined by a vast of host of others. The armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Man, there's a choir singing. They're celebrating. You see, when fear is driven out, celebration comes in. When fear is driven out, you just start singing. You start celebrating. You start just giving thanks to God. The shepherds sang. Here the shepherds are the ones that are called Stinky Pete. They don't want them around. They're idiots. Your word isn't even good in court. And Luke chapter 2 verse 20, it says that the shepherds went back to their fields, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard because they just came back from Mary and they saw Jesus. And it was just as the angel had told them. Man, they were praising God. They were celebrating. They were like, yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Jesus, yes. Man, Zechariah sang. Zechariah's baby's finally born and they bring the dedicate Jesus in the temple. And, and Jesus is, I mean, Zechariah is all stoked and he's just all excited and Luke chapter 1, verse 67 through 79. I'm not going to read all the verses, but just the verse 67. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of the servant David. Man, I'm so excited. God, this is so exciting. How exciting it is. Because I'm telling you, When the Lord takes away your disappointment, you can't help but sing. You need to refocus. You need to commit yourself daily. You need to really put your hope in the Lord. You need to quit listening to the negative voices. You need to sing a song. And then the last thing you need to do is base your hope on the promises of God. Put your hope in the promises of God. Base your hope there. 
Luke chapter 1 verse 45 says, You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. They're talking about Mary. You were blessed because, you know what? You believe God was going to do what he said. Do you believe what he's going to say? He will drive away your fear. He's going to comfort you. He's going to take care of you. He's going to walk you through it. And Proverbs, I mean, in uh, Psalms 56, verse 3 and 4, it says, And when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? I'm telling you, church, God wants to see you through. He wants to bless you. He wants to take care of you. He wants to overwhelm you with his goodness and his love. All you have to do is trust him. Say, God, sometimes I have fear of inadequacy. Sometimes I have fear of of disapproval. Sometimes I have fear of just losing control. Sometimes I have fear of sudden change. Sometimes I have fear of disappointment. But God, I know that you'll see me through. Because his greatest promise was that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life the book of hebrews chapter 2 verse 15 he says only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying some of you have allowed fear to overwhelm you and to grip you and to take you down and i'm here to tell you that god wants to raise you up God wants to strengthen you. God wants to equip you. God wants you to surrender your fear and embrace his courage. Man, today, if you need prayer, I encourage you to come up. But I just want to pray with us. As we sing this song again, a song of promise, a song of proclamation, we are proclaiming that God is good. We know he's good. And I don't know what might have happened to you, but I'm telling you, God can undo what the devil tried to put on you. So would you stand with me as we close in prayer? Let's sing this song and celebrate. And then we'll close in prayer. If you want prayer, please feel free to come up. Sing it out, would you?
Yes, you are, God. You're amazingly good. And sometimes we're blinded of that because of our fear. Whatever problem we might be facing. Father God, it overwhelms us and it blinds us to your goodness and your love. Of your power and your strength. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you touch lives right now? Would you heal the sick? Father God, restore relationships. Father God, bring back families together. Heal their wounds. Father God, I pray, Father God, for those that have been in abusive relationships. Father God, that you give them wisdom on the steps to take to protect themselves and their children. Father God, I pray, Father God, for the move of your Holy Spirit to continue here and to everyone online. Everyone at home, God, watching online, I pray you overwhelm them with your goodness and your mercy. Father, their cries have been heard by you, just like they have of everyone in this room. I pray that you meet every need. In the powerful, glorious name of Jesus Christ, the risen King, and God's people said amen. God bless you, church. Just want to let you know that we're hoping to see you back on Wednesday. And any of you that are 64 or 65 or older, right now is renewal for uh, Medicare and open enrollment. We have uh, an insurance expert that's going to be here. If any of you want to talk to them, uh, you're welcome to do that with Robert Zeed. He's going to be in the conference room right out this door. God bless you. We love you, church. You're dismissed to go celebrate your family.